Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're tuned in to Tapped Out. Hosted by Brendan Tobin and Sean Labine. Only on the BetQL Network. Speaking of fighting, we've got one going on in the UFC right now. That is Fialo versus Buckley round one. We will update you if anything goes down. Coming off of a violent, brutal Michael Johnson. That dude got knocked out. It's crazy, Brendan, because we were just talking about during the break how Michael Johnson is always involved in highlight yeah. fights and in big time fights for a guy that's record is basically around 500. But that, I mean, that was as brutal of a knockout. Never boring. No, no, never boring. That's that's for sure. And then you got, I mean, talk about right now, Joaquin Buckley, one of the ultimate highlights of all time in there against Fialos. And I feel, <laughs> I mean, Buckley's out here swinging, man. This could be another one where we're going to get uh, something crazy. Walking Buckley looks like a Mack truck with four ounce gloves on. He is absolutely ginormous. So we've got like 90% of Brendan's attention. The other 10% he's watching the fight. He'll keep us updated. But right now, we're going to go at it. I was thinking we haven't talked about Kamaru Usman in a long time. It's almost like, where has he gone? And same thing with Hamza Chimaya. So let's start with Usman. If I tell you that Kamaru Usman is never going to fight for a championship belt again, you're going to fight me? Yes, I uh, I think he will fight for a championship again, especially if Leon Edwards loses to Colby. I feel like he's right back in there for sure. It just it's too much bad blood between him and Kamaru Usman. He's got two wins over Colby, so uh, I just think that if you told me that Leon Edwards' reign is just forever, then I get your argument. But I don't know, man. I just think there's too many guys that are tough at welterweight and too many guys that Usman's beaten that he'll be back in there again. Why not just throw him up against Hamzad? Those guys have been chirping a little bit back and forth. Hamzad's kind of the, the, the up-and-coming kid that we were talking about for the last couple of years, and all of a sudden haven't talked about him, haven't seen him in the octagon in seven-plus months. Why not just throw those guys at it, and then maybe the winner of that one gets a fight for the belt next? I'd be for it. The only thing I'm just very confused with with Hamzad is what weight class is he in because I keep feeling like he's been going and teasing that he's going to middleweight, and I don't feel like Usman is going to go to middleweight because what's the point? He said he's never going to fight Stylebender. They're too close of friends. Uh, what did he? I think did he say he wants $100 million to fight Stylebender. So, I mean, unless he just doesn't want to cut the weight 
and he's just figured, ah, what's the point? You know, I'll get a welterweight shot again anyway if I beat Hamzat, but that's the only thing I'm confused by with this whole match between them is, is this a middleweight fight? If it is, then that changes my opinion of it because I do think it's a big deal that Hamzat, the way that he looked against Gilbert and, um, you know, not then seeming like he's long for the division, doesn't seem like he wants to be in the division. Um, that it, it, I just think it's a big difference as opposed to if this fight were at welterweight, I think that Usman would dust him. Coming up in a little while, we're going to bring on the voice of the PFL. He is Sean O'Connell. Speaking of the PFL, the big news in fighting this week, Francis Ngannou signs with that organization. You're going to fight me if I say, that's it for the Francis Ngannou-John Jones talk. We're never going to see that fight now. No, I'm going to fight you on that, dude. I never rule that stuff out. First of all, I think here's what's interesting about it. Um, immediately as this happens, John Jones is tweeting to him. And I think that that's the thing that's interesting about it is John. John's in an interesting spot because I think he likes being heavyweight champion, but I think that he wants to do super fights. And so we've already gotten out of his way. Heavyweight debut. Been waiting for it forever. Couldn't have gotten better for him. Now we're trying to get the Stipe fight because he wants to do goat versus heavyweight goat. Cool. But he doesn't want to fight Pavlovich. He doesn't seem like he'll be interested in fighting Tom Aspinall, I'd imagine. So... I think he's going to keep this Francis thing burning out there that, you know, Francis gets a couple of fights in the PFL or whatever the hell his contract is. He's going to keep it at a point where, you know, it's still going to be, it's just, you know, John Jones, the one thing about him, he's not old, you know, it's been around forever, but he's not old. And that's the benefit of when you're the youngest UFC heavyweight, uh, the youngest UFC champion. So no, I don't think this is the end of it. I think we will, we will uh, at one point be back at it again. Well, if you're right, it's going to be very Pacquiao Mayweather-ish where we get it five years too late, basically, because I think John, John re-inked a contract where, and he said he's done after the whole Stipe thing in the UFC, but he couldn't just move on to PFL because he'd still be under contract to the UFC. So that's, and we're going to talk about this with Sean O'Connell, the voice of the PFL coming up in a little while. I think that's the next big step for the PFL. All right, cool. Now you've got Francis Ngannou, but the fights can't all be completely one-sided, Right. MMA fans typically, and maybe speaking just for myself, I don't need those huge one-sided boxing type fights, right? Where it's Canelo versus some guy I've never heard of, where Canelo's, uh, you know, minus 1,500. From a gambling perspective, that's not too fun for me. That's part of the reason that I love the octagon and that I love mixed martial arts, especially the UFC, because they make the fights typically that we want to see. So, Unfortunately, if we do get that fight, if you're right, we eventually do get it. I think it's probably going to be a little bit too late because it's not like John can just go to the PFL and become that mm. guy. I just wonder who is going to be that guy. Like, do any names come to mind as I ramble on here for Francis? Not really. First fight? I mean, like, there's been uh, the Verdum stuff has been out there. Like, right, you see Jacked Verdum. Yeah. He looks like he's back on the good. And yeah, I mean, like, he has an amazing resume. He's one of the best UFC heavyweights of all time. So it's not awful for a first fight for Francis. You know, he, he would get to go up against a legend, um, especially if, you know, it's not as strict testing. I feel like that's, that's something. It's not the worst option in the world. But, yeah, if you're talking about the comparison between that versus John Jones, uh, it's not a, the thing that is interesting that everybody uh, that, you know, a few people have pointed out this week um, with Francis having his opponents get a guaranteed $2 million, how attractive is that going to be to other UFC heavyweights to get out and fight out their contract and then go to free agency and say, well, I want the Francis fight. So that's a good carrot that's out there for the PFL to 
to recruit some talent to them. Unless you're John Jones, unless you're Steve Miocic, where you are already making that yeah. more than that type of money in the UFC. But yeah, but it's not if many you're guys. a Tom Aspinall, if you're a tied to Ivasa, if you're some of these other guys that are trying to make a ton of money, and that might be the way to go if you're the if you're the PFL, like tied to Ivasa, somebody like that, where big name, people know who he is, but you also, let's call it what it is, you paid Francis not just to be in the promotion and gave him part ownership, but to win fights. So he has to go out there and he has to win. We'll talk more about... Francis Ngannou in the PFL with the voice of the PFL. In fact, coming up about 10 minutes from now, he is Sean O'Connell. He'll join us right here on the BetQL Network. Now let's switch gears to a little bit of boxing. Let's say Devin Haney wins the fight tonight. He's the favorite against Vasily Lomachenko. I think he does. You're going to fight me if I say Tank Davis would wipe the floor with Devin Haney. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yeah, I'm going to fight you on that. Um, I do think that Javante Davis has certainly shown a lot of skill, uh, a lot more skill than people give him credit for. But we've also seen him have his hands full with some guys. I mean, like, you know, he's a guy that gives up a lot of rounds. Um, and typically, the thing that was interesting about the Ryan fight is he really got to the knockdown early in that fight, and Ryan was kind of shook by it early on. But if you're talking about, how close Ryan Garcia and Devin Haney are as boxers. You might as well be talking about the sun to Pluto. Like that's the difference in skill set between the both of them. So no, I think it's a tough fight for Javante, but it's not an impossible fight to win because as I mentioned in the opening segment, we have seen some guys, if Devin makes a mistake, if he gets a little tired out, um, then, you know, there are windows there, but if he's at his best, if he is, you know, usually working behind that jab, there's not many guys who are better than him right now. Some people say Shakur Stevenson. Maybe Shakur is on his way to being there. Shakur's got a little bit more snap, which is why I think people are a little bit more intrigued by that fight. But promotionally, it's a tough thing to do because Shakur Stevenson's locked up with top rank. After this fight, Devin Haney can sign with whoever he wants. So it's just an easier business fight to make against Javante Davis. Couple minutes before we go to break, top of the hour, we're going to bring on the voice of the PFL, Sean O'Connell. After that, Maddie Betts, betting insider, going to help us make some money. And then we got something special for you in the final segment of the show. Let's switch gears here just for a second from the boxing to the basketball. And we'll get to your Miami Heat. But first, are you going to fight me? I was talking about this actually earlier with somebody, and they fought me. Mm. I think that Nikola Jokic is a better offensive player than Kevin Durant. And I'm not just talking about right now. I'm talking about when we look back on it 10 years from now. I think that Kevin Durant is a great offensive player, but 
He's never been able to be so good that he could put his own team on his shoulders and carry them to a championship, which I think Nikola Jokic right now, I know you're going to tell me it's going to be the Heat. Again, we'll get to that in a second. I think ultimately that that's what Jokic is on the path to doing. You're going to fight me if I say Nikola Jokic is a better offensive player than Kevin Durant. By the way, uh, Joaquin Buckley just uh, won via knockout over Fialo. So anybody who had uh, Joaquin Buckley, uh, you cashed that ticket. Um, anyway, getting back to your point, I'm not going to fight you on that um, because, you know, offense, it, it dictates a couple of things. Uh, I think if you were to say just pure scorer, I would fight you on it. But Nikola Jokic, the way that he dictates offense from the way he runs it, basically like a point guard. Uh, I remember watching him this year at uh, at the Heat's house, and I'm just I just marvel at th- just the pace that he runs thing. Like the Heat at Bam Adebayo, who's one of the best defenders in the league, and you know, you just think you're working him the whole shot clock and you think you have him and then you don't. Like, he just makes a move and then just has a score or he has another pass to throw you. Like, he's so smart with the way that he works things. Um, so, no, I'm not going to fight you. I think if you're talking about just running an offense, uh, adding his passing element to it, I, I, I think that there's definitely a sound argument to say that he's a better offensive player than Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant probably got the better... Uh, shot chart because Kevin Durant can pull it from three. He's a sniper, but um, the facilitating that Jokic does, I think that's where he can separate himself uh, on uh, on the argument. Let's finish this hour talking about maybe the only guy playing better basketball on planet Earth right now than Nikola Jokic, and that is Jimmy Butler down there in Miami. Great stare down last night with Grant Williams. I'm sure you probably talked about this on the show. You're going to fight me if I say at this point, no matter what happens, Jimmy Butler is going to be an MV. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame one day based on just how good he is in the playoffs. Yeah, not going to fight you. Like, I don't think he's ever going to be in the MVP arguments because, you know, these are narrative awards. He plays at his own pace. Uh, he doesn't, you know, he uses the regular season, as he says, to tune up for this. This is what matters to him. And, you know, he's not young. I mean, Jimmy Butler's 33. So that's not going to change anytime. But I think that. The, the moments that he keeps having over the last four years and even going back to his year with Philly, like this is uh, this is a guy who's just a monster in the postseason and plays his best when the games are biggest. Can you imagine Philly was like, nah, he's not our guy. Same thing with Minnesota, same I thing with Chicago. Idiots. Unbelievable. Uh, coming up next, the voice of the PFL, Sean O'Connell. You're locked into the BetQL Network. 